Welcome to Dr. Me First, a place where we hang out, talk about burnout, talk about awesomeness, drop some F-bombs, you know, just an all-around fun time. (laughs) I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, queen of burnout, mother of dragons, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And today I am bringing you an interview in response to one of my baddies questions. That's right. She's in the Badass Slack group and she's a single mom and wondered about taking a sabbatical. And she's like, I don't think single moms can do this. And I was like, oh, touche. Single moms do this all the time. And so I have another special guest who's here today to talk about how she took a sabbatical while single parenting. So join me and listen to Dr. Isla Bates. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my colleague, my fellow coach in Physician Coaching Alliance, Dr. Isla Bates. It is so great to have you with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. Pleasure. You answered my call when I posted in our group and said, hey, who's the single parents out there who took a break, a sabbatical, a time away from medicine? Because I was talking with a fellow colleague who she felt like she couldn't get away because she was a single parent. She had kids still at home. And you were one of the people that raised your hand during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a single mom through residency, actually through my part of my residency and fellowship with a toddler was pretty challenging to say the least. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so tell us the story. Take us back there. How long ago was it? Where were you located? Oh my goodness. Well, I got pregnant during my ophthalmology residency. So I started out as an ophthalmologist and neuropsychiatrist. And I was pregnant and I thought it would be an easy ride, basically. I was at Yale. I would, you know, going to go down to the emergency room. Maybe when I delivered, a delivery would be easy. And instead, I ended up on bed rest. So I was on three months of bed rest during my first year of ophthalmology residency. And needless to say, things were pretty rough. I mean, you know, being on call from Friday through Monday and being six months pregnant, I ended up almost delivering at six months. I mean, it was really a challenging time. And so I had to kind of rethink, okay, uh, maybe I can't be a surgeon (laughs) and a single parent at the same time. I kind of knew that I wasn't, you know, going to go down the road of marriage. And so I decided I would go into psychiatry for psychiatry residency. And so that's what I did. And I moved to New York where I had family and friends. And I did a, a two years of psychiatry at Mount Sinai. That's where I did my adult training. And then I went on to Harvard to do my uh, fellowship in child psychiatry. So... Yeah. I don't know if I answered the question or if I kind of tried to track a little bit. No, I think that's a great framing because I think so many times we think, oh, life will be better when, Mm -hmm. and then life happens. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of makes us adjust and pivot with that. And so 
thinking back to that point in life and making the pivot, having your child and still successfully, you know, moving through the journey of medicine, what was most instrumental for you during those years? What do you mean exactly? Instrumental in what way? Who was helpful? Situations that were helpful? Because I'm thinking, I can only imagine uh, I had my first child in internship year and then had a second child during my third year in family medicine residency. And we're in Indiana and luckily we had family around and there was many a day that I was calling someone to say like, hey, I've gotten no sleep and this child is sick and I need help. Well, you know, I was in a, in a weird situation because both my parents, I lost both my parents right before I started medical school. Hmm. And, you know, I was in New York where I had my best friend who was really helpful in terms of, you know, some of the early years. And I, you know, had to hire a nanny. And uh, even though I was only making like thirty or $40,000 at the time, it was a struggle. I mean, so I know what it's like to not have any money and have an infant child. I remember tie-dying onesies that, you know, were passed down from my best friend who had a child that was a year older than mine. And, you know, in breastfeeding, because I couldn't even afford formula if I wanted to. (laughs) So, Mm. you know, those were some pretty tough years for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the second part of the question, you know, both single parenting, but then also taking a sabbatical and taking a break. What was that like for you in your career? So it took it took me a while before I ever really took a break, you know. And I'd say that I started dabbling in real estate when let's see, I bought my first property probably when my daughter was six years old. My daughter happens to be twenty-seven, <laughs> and so I got involved in real estate, and I ended up house hacking and flipping. You know, I've done that about four times already. And each time the projects get a little bit larger. So the project before the current one that I'm in actually allowed me to have some financial freedom where I was able to pay off all debt, including college tuition. And I actually took two years off and relocated back to New York uh, from Boston. And I think there was a slow buildup to that because I had been in academic medicine as well as corporate medicine and decided I would do locums finally. You know, I don't know why I was terrified of it. And I also thought, you know, only only certain types of doctors do that. And I actually found a lot of freedom in doing locums work. And I wished that I had done it sooner. So that allowed me to take time off as well. So I would work for maybe three months and then I would take three months off. And so I highly recommend that. And I think if I had a young child at this point, knowing what I know now, that's what I would do. I would work for six months and then I would take my summers off and so that I could be with my child. So I highly recommend locums as a, as a, a source of freedom for many of us who are struggling. Isn't it so funny how we get these ideas in our head and we're like, no, 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 like only doctors who haven't like figured out what they want to do with their lives do locums or who are 
couch surfing <laughs> from yeah. city to city. Yeah. But I found that the same way, helping so many other female physicians build in more autonomy and freedom in their life. It's really nice to say, yes, I will go there or no, I won't go do those dates. Exactly. And, and the other thing you can, you know, you can negotiate your salary. You can say, look, you know, oftentimes they want psychiatrists to see 15 patients a day. I would say no. Uh, the maximum I want to see per day is 10. Uh, if they can't do that, then I'm not going to work there. It gave me an opportunity to say no, because for so much of my life, you know, especially with my daughter, uh, growing up, I would work 70, 80 hours. I'd be on call on weekends. I mean, there was a lot of time that I uh, wasn't able to be with her in her growing up, which is, you know, it's you know, very hard for a mom. So locums, yeah, you're able to say no. <laughs> and, and people think that you have to travel a lot, but I actually was able to do locums locally. And also at Harvard hospitals, academic hospitals. So oftentimes you can teach and you can be in academia, but you're out of the politics and it's great. Yeah, a great place to be. And I know during your breaks, that for you was a way to open up your creativity and art. Mm -hmm. Will you talk more to that? Yeah, so about, I don't know, it's probably been like 15 years, at least track of time. But I started painting and printmaking with an artist community in Brookline, Massachusetts. And I started by doing that one day a week. And it got to the point where my daughter would say, Mom, I think it's time for me to go to the studio because <laughs> I think it made me a better parent because once I tapped into my creativity, I was able to find joy again. And I also discovered how important art was to me. I started out as a fashion designer, went to art school before I became a doctor. And I had pushed a lot of that aside. And when I reconnected with that creative side, that's when I was able to feel joy and be happy. And I have continued to, to work in the arts and also have brought it into my practice in, in many ways. And um, yeah, so that's a big part of my life. And it's a big part of my healing journey as well. Absolutely. And I find more and more that when I talk to doctors and I ask, you know, like, what are your hobbies? I can usually tell how burnt out they are by what their answer is. <laughs> Yeah, I think you get to a point where you don't even remember what I, what what did you like to do? You know, so many doctors I talk to or coach, they can't remember the last time they felt joy or the last time they played, you know, or were able to relax. I mean, I remember going on vacation with my daughter and the minute I went on vacation, I would get sick because it was, and I, I couldn't remember how to relax either. <laughs> just this you're on this treadmill all the time and it's so hard to believe that you can actually get off of it but in order to not burn out and to heal you really do have to make that time yeah absolutely and and I think it's really important that when we those things pop up when we say like oh we can't because I'm a fill in the blank, single mom, only doctor in the county, uh, primary breadwinner, 
child with special needs, you know, all the things that we all individually have in our own lives, instead of getting super judgmental and being like, oh, I could never do locums, or I could never take you two years off, or I don't know anything about real estate. Mm -hmm. Instead, to me, it's like, well, let's get creative about that. What would you encourage people who have those thoughts in their, their head as well about like, well, that's nice for her, but... But I can't do it. Right. Well, I think it's really important to talk to someone. Talk to someone who's done it before. Because the most important thing is to to see a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, to see some possibility. If you know that someone else has done the very thing that you want to do, find that person and start talking to them, working with them so that you can achieve that. I think fear is what stops us. Fear is the thing that stops us in our tracks. And we really have to take a chance and try something new. And it's really scary. The first time I did locums, I was terrified. You know, there were so many things you, you feel like, are obstacles like getting health insurance how am i going to do that on my own what's going to happen so many questions but the most important thing is to take a risk take a chance and your physician you're very qualified to do multiple things not just doctoring and um, open yourself up to possibility absolutely and that's why i love viewing your pieces that either that you have behind you whenever we're on Zoom or what you display as well, because I think that part of your spirit um, definitely comes through in your art. So Dr. Isla Bates, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and just dropping us with pearls of wisdom today. If someone wants to know more about you or hear more about your story, where can they connect with you? Well, they can connect with me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and also my website, which is uh, my name. It's DrIslaBatesMD.com. And uh, I'll be happy to chat with you. Perfect. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm interested that you're doing TikTok. My <laughs> team keeps talking about trying to get me to do it. And I just haven't quite gotten on board yet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. There's a huge learning curve. And I'm not on it a lot, but that's where I ran to a little bit. There you go. We all have to have those spaces. Well, thank you, Fran, for coming and talking with me today. Thank you, Erin. It was a pleasure. I've heard it takes a village to raise a child. But you know what else? After raising that child and once that kid has grown up, it takes a community to care for them. Communities are what keeps us sane. They help us heal our trauma. They dance with us when we're winning. Without my online communities, I would have never made it through burnout. And I certainly would have gotten through the shitstorm of this pandemic either. If you too need community, I want to invite you over to my badass Slack group. That's right, I'm not going to be on Facebook, but I do love me some Slack. It's a place where you'll find that you're not the only one. You're not alone. You'll get total validation on what's going on with you. There's a pool of resources. Community is active and rating to welcome you in. We are all helpers who have needs. 
And sometimes we need to have a community that can surround us, protect us, give us a hug, and lift us up. And that's what the badass Slack community is. So come join me today. Link is in the show notes. I think it's so important to have examples of what is possible. So if you've got something in your brain like, oh, I can't do that because dot, 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 I want to challenge you to find someone like Dr. Bates who proves that thought and proves that idea totally freaking wrong. Hell, I might be an example of that to some of you guys. How to start a business with internet from the library and no money in your back pocket. (laughs) Well, friend, if you can dream it, you really can make it possible. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to require a bunch of work? Yeah, absolutely. Is it going to happen as fast as you want to? I'm guessing probably not. But is it possible? Yes. So remember, you can do this. I know you can. It's just getting the right team around you, getting all of your processes in place, and knowing and believing in yourself. So remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See you soon.